Welcome to Thriller Podcast with Car Gonzalez. Broadcasting live from Vegas at HoshoCon 2018 via SoundCloud and supported by listeners like you. Now, here is your host, Car Gonzalez. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another exciting episode of Thriller Podcast. Today is, gosh, what is today? Let's take a look. No, I'm just kidding. It's October 10th, 2018. Yeah, it's been a, a crazy crypto day here in the old uh, Las Vegas area. Yeah, so what I want to do in this episode is kind of go through all the different speakings that we saw today. Um, I'm going to play some snippets from the show and you're going to hear exactly what everybody was saying today. It's really fascinating. Some of the speakings that we saw, uh, I know Jonathan from hack would like surprised me on the knowledge of, uh, the sec rulings and findings and just regulation, uh, drop a lot of information there that I wanted to share off. So let's go ahead and start with his, this one's Jonathan from hack fun. Check it out. Most everything that we have been doing in this industry in the last two years, all of the ICOs, the SEC would essentially define as, I'm sorry, this thing is a security. So what the fuck do we do? This sucks, right? Like, I got into crypto so I didn't have to deal with governments. I'm going to take the Federal Reserve down. We're going to take the man down. We're going to fight. We are going to usurp the power from the governments. I, 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 I would not bet on that happening. Um, but you can actually follow some fairly straightforward rules that actually allow you to sell your digital security online. It's not that complicated. We've actually been doing it for about 70 or 80 years. Not the online piece, but we've actually been able to sell securities privately for 70 or 8 years. Um, route 1 is, dude, don't lie, cheat, or steal. For the love of God, do not fuck this up for the rest of us. Do not do a BitConnect, please. I'm actually pretty convinced. I spoke in front of the California legislature two weeks ago. They're asking me about blockchain. And one of the things that they said is, but isn't it all used for money laundering? Isn't it used for drug running? Isn't it used for, I'm like, dude, it's a ledger, it's a receipt that's copied across millions of computers. What drug dealer would ever want every sale that they made to be on a ledger copied across 35 million computers. They're like, oh. And I'm like, if I was gonna launder money, I would never want to have a receipt of every money laundering transaction copied across 35 million computers. I would much rather use a tool that, for instance, if the government issued some tool that was really untraceable that could be carried across borders like I don't know, a $100 bill or a 500 euro bill, that's how I would launder money. Not that I'm interested in doing that, but I would not want a receipt of that. And this is what a digital ledger is. And they were like, oh, we all know that that is a lot of FUD. Silk Road kind of fucked us all. Why? Because there was some lying, cheating, stealing going on. So please, let's just not do it. Let's call people out in our industry that do it. Let's get together and let's actually improve this industry and grow it, because I believe this could be a $100 trillion industry in 10 years. 
So if I'm going to actually issue a security and sell it online, what is a poor engineer to do? If you only sell this to rich people, you're fine. Rich people is basically the top 6% of the US population. It's accredited investors. You more or less have to be worth more than a million bucks to be able to do it. If you only sell it to rich angel investors, VCs, you're fine. It's pretty much do whatever the fuck you want. That's what's called a Reg D exemption from reporting to the SEC. Remember that I said that the SEC wants you to report financial information if you're gonna issue these things publicly. So these exemptions are essentially an exemption from having to file a bunch of documents to the SEC. If you only sell it to rich people, you do not have to file all that legal information, which is much, much cheaper. If you want to raise less than a million dollars, completely doable. You do have to have a CPA, who's a licensed official, review your financials, and then you have to go to a licensed portal, and they can actually help you raise less than a million dollars. Um, Indiegogo, actually not, they didn't use Reg CF. This is called Regulation Crowdfunding or Regulation CF. So if you're thinking I'm gonna raise less than a million dollars on a website, I wanna use Reg CF and I need to have a CPA review my financials and report it, right? Right? You can raise up to $50 million a year. Raising online, raising in a public sale, this is called a Reg A plus exemption. It's kind of a mini IPO. The downside is, is you do need to have two years of reported financials. So your awesome cat token that you just created last week, you cannot in the United States legally raise using Reg A plus. I'm just sorry, you can't raise $50 million online for your cat token. Um, we're all broken up about that, right? Um, and so this is actually, I think, a fairly decent way to avoid shit points um, from happening. Um, if you actually want to raise more than that, essentially what you're doing is called an IPO. So this is kind of an old concept, it's about 70 years old, but it is a public offering of a security online on computers that are on exchanges. Now, you do not have to list your thing on an exchange, but you do actually have to file about a thousand hours worth of legal documents. It's going to cost you about three to five million dollars to file the S1 registration statements to the SEC. But if you did that, and you filed quarterly financial reports after that, you could have an initial public offering of your security. And you can raise as much as you want. You do have to have this level of financial transparency and reporting, however. I, I, I've heard that people in the crypto space like financial transparency. I, I've heard, so I don't necessarily think that this is really antithetical to the spirit of, to the some spirits of crypto, the other spirits, of course. Um, and you're gonna say, Jonathan, dude, this is just a pain in the ass. And I'm like, no. They're like, what did you do? I'm like, I just ignored the United States. <laughs> Um, this is my other recommendation, um, is right now, do not sell to investors in the United States. You still can't lie, cheat, or steal. Governments will come after you if you lie, cheat, or steal. 
Most other countries in the world are really not that uptight about selling securities to unaccredited investors. They are, but, you know, is, are the police in Mexico really going to come after you because you sold $50 of an unregistered security to them? I don't think so. My job as an entrepreneur is to actually balance risk versus reward. So the lawyer that was actually most helpful to me in this had been a former federal prosecutor. He was a deputy US attorney, and he brought the first two enforcement actions against crypto companies in Silicon Valley. And he said, look, Jonathan, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal. That will send you to jail. Don't sell unregistered securities to unaccredited investors in the United States. That will get you censured, i.e. you have to return all of your money you will be barred from working as a C-level executive in a company, and you will be barred from working for finance. Okay. He's like, keep your assets offshore. Make sure your incorporation is offshore. Have offices in multiple companies so that you have a reason to have an office in the Cayman Islands or Malta, what have you. And be sure you do strong KYC and AML. Part of the securities laws is that the FBI and the NSA have been very, very crabby with this little thing called terrorism. I don't know what the big deal is, but apparently they take on bridge to people going and just blowing things up because. So they decided to follow the money. And they, they know that there is a digital ledger, but they actually don't like the idea of having an anonymous person actually buy these things. So I'm sorry if you would like to stay on the good side of Interpol, with your business, issuing digital tokens, I would strongly suggest doing strong KYC, know who your customer is, and an anti-money laundering check. How shady is this person? Um, we have been using Onfido and CoinFirm. It's costing us two to three dollars per person, per investor, to actually do this KYC and AML check. Um, this is an order of magnitude, several order of magnitudes cheaper than doing a standard KYC AML check, hiring a lawyer to do $500 an hour worth of work. Um, and then, I really want you guys to remember this. Can you say it with me again? If the buyer of your thing expects to profit from your work, I'm sorry, your thing is a security. If the buyer of your thing expects to profit from your work, then I'm sorry, your thing is a security. If the buyer of your thing expects to profit from your work, then I'm sorry, your thing is a security. Woo, but it's utility. If the buyer of your thing expects to profit from your work, then I'm sorry, your thing is a security. But it's useful. Buyer of your thing expects to profit from your work, then I'm sorry, your thing is an API key. If the buyer of your thing expects to profit from your work, then I'm sorry, your thing is a security. Please pass this word on. Uh, I've actually talked to the SEC um, about what we're doing. And the initial conversation was very like, so Jonathan, you're issuing a tokenized fund. And I'm like, yeah, but let me explain to you why. All right, and I told them all of the checks that we were actually doing. We were only selling to a handful of accredited investors in the United States. We were doing strong KYC and AML. We were keeping this offshore. Our assets were offshore. This was offshore. We have a subsidiary office in Silicon Valley where we help the companies that we invest in. And at the end of the conversation, he was like, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but it actually sounds like you have an SEC compliant offering. And I was like, <laughs> so it is possible. 
Yeah, so Jonathan from the Hack Fund really provided a lot of information for a lot of potential, you know, startup uh, ICO projects or blockchain projects that are looking or just getting some information involved or getting started, actually, just creating your own ICO or how that process would work. I know we've spoken to the, I believe it was a token group here during South By before, and they they kind of hold your hand with all that. I would definitely check out the live stream. Uh, all his slides were available, and he mentioned a couple websites there. But yeah, most definitely, that was probably one of the most informing SEC compliant regulation, ICO, you know, know-how, KYC, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it was just uh, highly informative. So I definitely hope you guys took something from it. Um, so the next the next presentation that I saw just literally blew the roof off the building, like seriously. And that's from Max Kaiser. And you guys know him of uh, the Kaiser Report and his wife, Stacy as well from Heisenberg Capital. And uh, man, he just lit the place on fire. Uh, he's just so charismatic. There's something to say about, um, especially people I feel like who grew up with television. Uh, I know our generation really grew up with the internet, but I feel like the generation that grew up with television, they understand how to be showmen and Max Kaiser has that in spades. So go ahead and take a listen. Uh, it's hilarious. You're going to learn a thing or two and I, I think you're going to like it. Check it out. Bitcoin is hard money, and hard money gives you freedom. It gives you individual sovereignty. It gives you a way to say no to authoritarian power. Uh, my friend Trace Mayer, who many know, he's very big in this space. I had a chat with him last night, and um, he is laughing because he's got an enormous, uh, uh, I don't want to go into too many details, but he's very, uh, he's a big believer in Bitcoin. And he is waiting for the showdown. The showdown is coming. The showdown between hard money versus fiat money. The rest of the world is already positioning themselves against the US dollar. Russia and China are accumulating massive stockpiles of gold uh, because they know the US dollar is losing its place as world reserve currency. They don't want to support the dollar because the dollar is just basically they're supporting American wars. And American wars end up becoming hugely costly because it's violent trade, it's not peaceful trade. If we had hard money throughout the world, there would be no incentive for wars. Wars are the cheap, scumbag way of aggregating wealth. If you don't want to do it that way and you want to trade using hard money, you can do that. It's been done for thousands of years and it's peaceful. And there can be growth and there can be lots of growth and there can be equitable growth and there can be uh, everything you would ever want a society to be can be accomplished if you have it based on hard money, which is that say people have the right to save. People have the right to be individually free and sovereign. That's their right. That's our right. That's our birthright. You know that we are not recognizing. That we are becoming too lazy uh, to allow leaders, bankers, to uh, insist that we not uh, avail ourselves to this option of hard money, free hard money, that is Bitcoin and. Um, I don't know, I got like four minutes. I could take a couple of questions or I could just rant. It depends on whether you like ranting or questions. You know, some people like my rants, some people like my questions. I'll take a quick survey. And the answer is that I see a hand. Get to the heart of it, man. What's the real reason why the banks are pulling the money out? Where's the, where's the battle between good and evil? <laughs> Well, the Pope, apparently the Pope is appealing to angels to come and help them, save them from the devil. How ironic. 
right? So the Pope is like, what the fuck? What <laughs> <laughs> the fuck, why keep it in your pants? It's right in the Bible. Keep it zip. You don't need to be doing that shit. That's what the Pope says. I know Latin, so I can understand what he said. No, I'm sorry. So the question is, uh, what? What is the real battle? Why are they pulling the purchasing power out? What are the banks really doing with the purchasing power when they steal it from us? Okay, well, fair question. The answer is um, a reintroduction of feudalism. Okay, it's called neo-feudalism. All stocks through stock buybacks and cheap money are being taken off the board. The number of stocks traded on the stock exchange has been cut in half. And the private equity groups and the few conglomerates and oligarchs left are taking it all. They're taking all the marbles. And what will be left is we won't even be able to buy stocks anymore. So we're just going to be serfs. We're going to be lords and serfs. The thing that we fought a revolution to escape, King George and the British monarchy, the English monarchy, uh, we're, we're, they, they wanted back. They want it back. Central Bank, we resisted the Central Bank until 1914 when they snuck it through on Christmas Eve. And since that time, uh, it's been growing in influence and perniciously undermining <coughs> our, who we are, our experience. So we have many generations now that have no idea what hard money is. Have no idea what economic sovereignty is. Have no idea even what the fuck America's about. They're lost, okay? Now Bitcoin, that message is gonna end up being relevant in Argentina, Venezuela. Uh, you know, in countries around the world before it's relevant to this country. This country will be the last to get the message because, it's, because empires tend to die slowly in that manner. And the American empire is on its last breath because the population is too fucking stupid. You can quote me on that. Yes, there's a follow-up? There is, there is. Okay, so then what is the day-to-day -day of these global bankers in the central elite? Do you, like, do you know what their day-to-day -day is as we sit here learning about the money that they're taking from us? Yeah. Do you know what they're doing as they receive all that money that they Yeah, have? look at Jeff Bezos. He buys the Washington Post. So they got to control the media. you got to control the major mainstream media. you got to keep RT on the margins. you got to vilify RT and saying, oh, Putin's undermining all of our democratic freedoms, but we're going to let China send us chips in our iPhones that spy on us all day and not think about it and talk about it. So the people at the very top, you know, the reason we like Afghanistan so much is because it's the world exporter of lithium, and it's needed in this country because everyone's nuts. Okay, that was a very long-winded joke. Um, um, oh, yes, this young man. Are all altcoins fiat money? <laughs> well, okay, seeing how I'm Max Kaiser, you know, uh, the ratings riser, and, uh, you know, a potentate of uh, pop, uh, you know, we, I like to talk about Bitcoin because the second I talk about any other coin, um, it, like, it just like, it's, it, people lose focus. Like, stay focused on Bitcoin. That's all you need to get to where we need to go. You know, the reason there are so many altcoins is because the uh, scaling was so slow and, and segment was such a mess that you had so many people just introduce a lot of different coins, which at the beginning, you know, they were fairly honest and reputable ideas, and we had Litecoin and Monero, and these types of things were kind of interesting. But then it got crazy, and um, then meanwhile, Bitcoin is scaling, so all that stuff that those old coins said they could do is going to be done on Bitcoin anyway. So Bitcoin's going to suck all the capital out of those coins. And the market, you know, Bitcoin dominance is going to go back to 90% in the next three years, in my view, and Ripple will be completely forgotten.
Um, <laughs> last question. So, especially in the U.S., regulation is a hot topic. Oh, you? I'm sorry. I'm looking the wrong way. Yeah. Oh, I said, um, especially in the U.S. right now, regulation is a hot topic. Yes. So crypto by design was supposed to get away from some of that. Where yes. Do you see regulation fit in, or what's your opinion on how much is too much, or is it even needed? Right. So, um, in my view, there is no good regulators. All the regulators are bad. SEC, CFTC, Ofcom, FCC, BB, you know, any regulator in this environment is bad. You don't need regulators, Bitcoin regulates itself. And um, unfortunately, if you're, if you're trying to do an ICO, it's ridiculous because it's, it's, a, it's an obviously a security. I was a securities broker for many, many years. And the second the ICOs popped up, you know, Stacy and I talked about it, and we're like, we can't really, this is a security, and we can't really do much with it. Securities because that would be that would be CNBC, and that's a different format. You know, we do something else. So Bitcoin is the currency or the money of the resistance. ICO is is you're just basically giving the SEC an entree into your house to fucking steal everything. It's like an opening the house to the SEC. I'm going to call it an ICO. It sounds like an IPO. I'm going to tell you that a SAFT. Is, is doesn't work, comply to the Securities Act of 33 and 34 because I know coding. <laughs> oh, okay. Are you finished? Okay, we're gonna just send you like 5,000 documents and you've got to send them back to us in 36 hours or you're going to fucking jail. Because like, we're the SEC, right? You know, ICO is like a, basically a huge step backwards. It's like, you already have the Bitcoin. You don't need to do an ICO. Like that's crazy. It's like if your regulation is your is your concern. But um, having you know said that, if you have let's say ETFs come along and they are regulated and it's in the context of the financial world and people institutional level start buying huge amounts of Bitcoin, okay, that's good because it's going to choose a great pool of buyers and. I mean, that's fine. You're welcome to join the party. But, you know, we don't need you. But if you, if you need to regulate yourself to buy Bitcoin, then have at it. Well, we don't care. I mean, if, you, if you're a pension fund and you can't buy Bitcoin without being fully regulated and compliant and go through all these uh, hoops, um, do it. Go ahead. That's what you need to do. We don't need you to do it, but you need you, need you to do it. <laughs> to, to, you know, I just looked at the stock market and it was down like 700 points. And... The bond market's in a 300-year bubble, and interest rates are going higher, and people who have trillions of dollars are looking for a safe haven. So you've got the, the burning house of the stock market to fly into. You've got, you can buy bonds at a 300-year high, right? You can buy gold, which I suspect will start to perk up a little bit as inflation comes back. Or there's like, what's this Bitcoin thing? I could just, you know. It's a, the whole. It's a hundred million dollar market, hundred billion dollar market cap, and uh, you know there's approximately, according to some estimates, twenty trillion dollars offshore, <laughs> looking for safe haven. So you try to stick a twenty trillion dollar pipe into a one hundred billion dollar hole. <laughs> Something's got to give. All right. Well, we got one more hand in the back. Whoa. Well, I'm out of time. I don't know what the organizers want to do. Hey, go over five minutes? Yeah. I know I promised to do a strip tease. I don't know. Nobody's been asking me about it.
it's no longer interesting. But I also noticed, now that I'm wearing a white suit, that you really have to be attentive at the urinal, or else you know, <laughs> Wow. That guy needs adult diapers. Uh, enough about me. Oh, in the back, yes. Uh, what are your thoughts on Executive Order 6102 that was passed by Franklin, Franklin D. Roosevelt in 1933 forbidding the hoarding of gold coin, gold bullion, gold certificates, etc. within the continental United States, and the possibility of that coming to Bitcoin in the future? Yes, thank you. The Gold Confiscation Act, which ended up with uh, thousands of tons of gold ending up in Fort Knox. That's how Fort Knox got all its gold. The beauty of the private key and the beauty of the Bitcoin architecture is that, in my view, it would be um, almost impossible to uh, come and take our coins. And they, they could pass that law, and I probably they will pass that law. But that's where the battle lines. And that's part of what I'm trying to say here is that there, there, <coughs> the, the battles are coming. Um, when the regulators figure out that they're not getting where they want to go, when the markets are very weak, when the governments are looking for money, you know, they take money vis-a-vis a bailment, they just take it out of your account, as they did in Cyprus, as they, as they are now ready to do in other accounts. They just take it. Um, when they figure out that there's, say Bitcoin is down 100,000, they're like, wait a minute, you know, that's a shitload of money, we need to get it, and they're gonna, they're gonna come and try and get it. And unlike gold, which is, you know, heavy and it's like, right? That's your gold stock. Come and get it, boys! But with Bitcoin, you have like your memory wallet. I'm now in Switzerland. I'm on the internet. I just deposited it in the bank. And I'm milking a cow. I'm like, America, what a fucking great idea. I really miss it. <laughs> Why can't a fractional reserve Bitcoin? Is that a follow-up question? Yeah. Oh, fractional reserve Bitcoin? Okay, this is a hot... You know, I saw you back there and I thought, this guy's going to be trouble because he's got a crazy beard and he's wearing too many colors. And a Dogecoin hat. He's got a fucking Dogecoin hat. That's usually big trouble. But now you've asked two good questions. So I, I, I apologize. And now I will answer the question. Fractional reserve Bitcoin. Well, this is a hot contention. This is a hot topic. This is, I think, the biggest topic in Bitcoin today is because Caitlin Long, she knows she's out there in Wyoming and she's getting the state to go crypto friendly and she's riding horses and lassoing animals. And it's like, yeah! Wyoming. And, uh, she points out the fact that, you know, she's been in Wall Street for 20 years. She's sounding the alarm about rehypothecation. So it's a new buzzword. Now, a lot of people who came into Bitcoin like two or three years ago, they, they came in through technology mostly. And um, now they're learning all about banking and fractional reserve banking and securities laws and stuff like that. And a lot of people are amazed that they had to learn all this stuff, but um, there it is. So rehypothecation is a banking term. And it basically means that I'm lending out a security, um, um, essentially, as a collateral for a loan. I'm using security as a collateral for a loan. I'm hypothecating my security. So that it designates that 
the type of loan that's being constructed here is one collateralized by a security when you use the word hypothecation. And um, a rehypothecation is when you take that loan that you have uh, put together, collateralized by that security, and you take that loan and then you loan that. You rehypothecate. Get it? So you got collateral, loan, and then that loan is loaned. Rehypothecate. So in the United States, there's a law against rehypothecation being worth more than, I think it's 140% of the security value. You know, these are illiquid securities without a bid or an offer, typically. There's no market for them. That's why you need to have this going on because brokerages have a lot of illiquid securities and they like to lend shit out to let speculators engage in short sales and things like that. So they're illiquid. So in America, you can only lend or hypothecate up to 140%. Now, in the United Kingdom, guess what the limit is? Okay, in the U.S. it's 140%. Guess what the limit is in the city of London? Anyone want to guess? Zero. The limit is zero. You can have infinite rehypothecation. I can sell the same illiquid security an infinite number of times. I can use it as collateral for an infinite number of products, an infinite number of times. Now, if you go back the last 20 years and you look at the scandals of AIG, Lehman, Bayer, um, Madoff, the London Whale, NF Global, WorldCom, Enron. what? Enron. Enron, slightly different. They all have their genesis. They all have their basis with they go through the city of London. City of London is where corporations and countries go to outsource their fraud. It has been that way for a while. So here, to get back to your question, here you have Bitcoin. Can Bitcoin, you can use it as collateral for a loan and that loan can be rehypothecated and you're gonna end up with a Ponzi scheme and you're gonna end up with a huge paper mountain and you're gonna end up with the ability to manipulate the price of Bitcoin as you would now with gold. You see that all the time or you see that in securities all the time. And the answer to the question is, 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 is as follows. Unlike gold or unlike in the other securities markets, we as a community have the ability to fork Bitcoin and render every Ponzi scheme held and derived by Bitcoin on Wall Street immediately worthless. If Wall Street wants to create a Ponzi scheme, a rehypothecation pyramid scheme based on Bitcoin, we can, we can fight back by essentially taking back all the private keys but we can fork the coin. We can go to battle with them. I think that battle may be coming. Either they become adopters and have too much vested in the game themselves, since they're mercenaries, like, that will probably be the path of least resistance. They'll be too vested to destroy. And they'll also have the only asset going up in a world where stocks and bonds are all getting crushed. So they'll be disincentivized. Just This is the beauty of the protocol. It turns everybody into a maximalist, eventually, because it's so beautiful. It's like, a, it's, like, it's like a Rodin sculpture. It's like a Picasso painting. The aesthetics of Bitcoin are overwhelming. It seduces you. It pulls you in. You, you, you cannot deny it. And if you're not a maximalist today, you probably will be. If you have a sentient bone in your body, if you have appreciation for any aesthetic whatsoever, you will become a Bitcoin maximalist as the price keeps going up, which is the beauty. 
ultimately, I, I don't think we as a species will be around to enjoy the $100,000 per price share because our environment will collapse before that. It will be long gone. So that's the negative. But let's not focus on that. <laughs> oh, more? Oh, cut? All right. Well, thank you so much and have a great time. Yeah, so like I said, the, the Max, uh, you know, uh, speaking was by far one of my favorite uh, of the day for sure. Um, but yeah, I feel like these two were really solid for the most part. Uh, there's a couple other ones that we really don't want to play because <laughs> I feel like they just don't they don't provide good audio. Right. Um, the, meaning that they're not um, they're not very bright, vibrant uh, intellectually, like watching them talk about it. Yeah, I guess it makes sense seeing it in front of you. But as kind of an audio kind of, you know, you know, kind of a, a listener, um, I don't think you'll provide <laughs> I don't think you'll get anything out of it. So I'm, I'll leave that for the live streams. Um, we have tons of more videos up on YouTube, up on uh, Twitter, up on uh, Facebook, all that stuff. So by all means, tomorrow we're going to be doing the same thing, live streaming a lot of this stuff live from the event. So you're getting it at the moment it's coming out. And uh, yeah, by all means, go check out the live streams, uh, share them out, do whatever you want with them. Um, I'm going to keep doing that for y'all. And then tomorrow's Andreas Antonopoulos is going to be on uh, at Hoshokan and that's going to be exciting. I'm going to try my best, you know, to fight through all the traffic and try to get an interview with him or to attempt to talk to him at some point. Um, but you know, we'll see. We don't know. We don't know. Uh, there's no promises there, but uh, Lord knows I'm going to try. And then, um, finally later on that evening, there's going to be the, the final concert that they have. And we're going to be doing live streams of that too, as well. And then of course, keep looking out for our video blogs that we're doing on Instagram and on YouTube and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening this week. I know it's kind of, you know, not quite the same through a podcast that you're expecting. You're not getting a through the coin talk. You know, yesterday's kind of episode was kind of weird. So, I, you know, I do apologize about that. But I, I feel like this is very valuable information, especially the stuff that we got out today inside this episode that's going to provide you guys the most value, especially if you're out there and you're developers and you're trying to look at some of these projects. And so, yeah, we're going to try to do some more of this tomorrow. Same thing. And uh, we'll record a podcast tomorrow as well, too. And uh, we'll just take it one day at a time. I know the market's looking a little little bad, um, but uh, just a quick little rundown. Let's kind of see what that's looking like. I haven't really looked at the coin market cap this week, so I do apologize. But yeah, I mean, from what I've heard just in the space, we're down to $204 billion. Um, That's not good. Everything's tanking. But from what I've read and heard, uh, today, the stock market went down as well, too. So we'll see how this all correlates in the coming days. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely. We definitely have to do a thriller coin talk before the week before the weekend. That's for sure. So we'll, we'll try to fit that in on Friday or at some time. And just remember, like, you know, at the end of the day, you have to look at what provides actual use. Right. So if some of the coins you're holding and you're kind of second guessing yourself and you're wondering, OK, should I do this? Should I do that? You know, you just really got to look at what's its utility. Does it have a purpose? Is it is it trying to do something? Is it trying to help humanity? Is it trying to build towards something? And I feel like when I look time and time again, there's really only one of those that I can hang with. And that's Bitcoin. That's why I say bye, Bitcoin. Save the world. See you tomorrow. This is the end of the show. You have been listening to Thriller Podcast with Carl Gonzalez. Remember, Thriller Podcast is not financial advice. Everything Carr said likely won't come true.